Welcome, everybody. Episode 18 of the How You Say Podcast, Season 4. I'm Boyd. And I'm a de- uh, dejected AJ. Is that a word? Deject J. Deject J. Yeah. Your name is DJ this week for dejected. Yes. There. Not happy considering I scored the second highest points of the four semifinalists and did not make it in. So, yeah. I'm not in... Kind of spoiling the lead, but I did not make it to the championship. Spoiler alert, AJ Loss. He will not be this year's (laughs) champion, despite his bombastic prediction two weeks ago that he would be the champion. Hey, my playoff bracket was... If I'd been in Danny, my playoff bracket would have still been intact. I would have picked both of the championship finalists. Mm-hmm. So that's better than I can say for you. I don't know. I think we like. I think Christina to win it all. My champion is sure. still alive, my friend. Sure. Sure. Your champion is not still alive. Yeah, because I have to pick myself. Next week, we'll <laughs> go through the predictions for the entire year and see who did better. Uh, our stats team is hard at work tabulating the wins and losses from our yeah. picks. Which, uh, speaking of which, why don't we do a quick update of the bold bets for this year, shall we? All right, starting with uh, pre-draft, you had a bold bet that Barrett would get auto-drafted two kickers, and I said no. Uh, in fact, she did get auto-drafted not only two kickers, but three of them. Uh, Barrett's AI loves kickers. That's what we know. Does uh, the AI love more, or the kickers more than you love kickers? That is a good question. I wonder how many kickers I would have been drafted because, uh, you know, you got the AI plus my biases towards kickers. I probably would have got like seven kickers, I'm guessing. <clears throat> An entire bench of kickers because you never know. Okay. Uh, and then moving on, week two, you predicted Gaskin. Miles Gaskin would be a top three running back for Christina that week. I said no. Uh, you won that one. In fact, he was second best on her team with a whopping 6.6 points. Mm-hmm. I did want to go back. Uh, just speaking of Miles Gaskin, you made the call that he would be a top 30 running back and that that was $20 well spent before the draft. And then we'll do kind of a recap of these things next week. But since Gaskin is on my mind, uh, he is number 24 right now. Looks like he is in great shape to secure a top 30 spot. I think number 30 right now is about 35 points back of him. So even if he doesn't play this week, which he probably will, uh, looks like he'll be a top 25-ish running back. Do you still think that was worth $20 to get that kind of player? It's You would be hoping for more, but the I made a conservative bet. And yeah. yeah. At the end it of was, the... At the end of the season, you can look at it and go, yeah, that's $20 not well spent because you don't want to start a 30th length like that. A 25th length. Running back is probably the lowest you want to start. Um, It was certainly an interesting ride. He had six games in double figures and I think five games under six points. So he was really that ultimate boomer bust guy. Neither was going to help you win or help you lose. No, No in the middle with him. Okay, moving on. uh, In week four, we made a bet 
between Trey Lance and Sam Darnold from week five on. I think this might have been after week four. Uh, interestingly enough, uh, Sam Darnold uh, got hurt and was ineffective. He is currently sitting on about 29 points since week five. Trey Lance, big news, appears to be getting the starting job for at least this week, possibly next week. Are you still feeling good about Darnold? Out- Darnold's back. He got six points last week. He still plays a little bit. Will a part-time Sam Darnold hold off a full-time Trey Lance? What do you think? I think so. There's only two weeks left. Yeah. And who knows if Lance will play next week, but I I feel confident in this. But... All right. Well, time will tell on that one. Uh, and then same week, uh, I predicted that Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt would outscore each of your three starting running backs that week. Uh, and they did. I, I think I said, not combined, but each of them individually. Right? Or was it all three of them combined? Uh, no, you. I think it was that they would score two out of the three or something. Like, I'll give you this one. Okay. I can't remember. I, I officially have it bold in the run sheet, so let's give that to me. Uh, okay, and then the next week, uh, I said Dawson Knox or Dalton Schultz would be a top five tight end at the end of the year. Uh, as they stand right now, Dalton Schultz number five, Dawson Knox number six. I am looking good on that one. Uh, and then week seven, we had our waiver team contest in which we comprised a team entirely of people available on the waiver wire. And I did win that one. It was close, uh, but I did eke that one out. And then week 11, which apparently was our last bold bet of the year. We were not very bold this year. Uh, you said that James Conner would outscore one of Corey's receivers, Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, A.J. Brown. I took all of the three to outscore James Conner. Uh, A.J. Brown promptly got hurt. I think had he not got hurt, I might have had a chance in this one. I think Evans and Hill. Hill, maybe not. Uh, but you ended up winning that one because AJ Brown's only played one game since then. So anyway, great job by you. Well, like, it's a little closer than it looks because AJ Brown came back and scored like 35 points. Yeah. And luckily, like, Connor had a bye week 12, which was annoying. But he scored like 18, 18, 29, and 8. And then why is week 16 not in there yet for some reason? Yeah. Well, Tyreek also had a bye. Uh, and we said from week 11 on, that would be 15, and then 3, 9, 28, and 2. So James Conner, I think, scored more than that in that one four touchdown game. But yeah. I digress. Okay. Uh, a couple other kind of uh, housekeeping notes. I did want to give everybody an update on the money. We have a pretty good spread of money won so far. So I won money in week two uh, with Aaron Jones, four touchdowns. Barrett won $30 in week five with Devontae Adams, 200 yards. Two weeks later, Andrew got the yardage bonus for Jamar Chase. Week 11, Corey and Pete both got the touchdown bonus. Corey with Jonathan Taylor. Pete with Austin Eckler, they split $54 to $27 a piece. Following week, Eric got $6 for Leonard Fournette's four touchdown game. Two weeks later, Christina got $42, uh, single best uh, loose change win of the season with Dalvin Cook's 200 yards. And then last week, uh, Badger with Joe Burrow's 500 yard passing game gets herself $12. She was very close to getting the 
passing and TDs. I think yeah. both ended up with five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing to note is Lightning on the driver's seat, I believe that, well, Danny will win some money. Yes. Because um, he's guaranteed of finishing at least second, which would be like 75 bucks. Yep. And who is it? It's Law in the driver's seat for the high point of the season. Single best we, week, yeah. That we mentioned last week. So mm-hmm. out of the 12 players we have, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Only you and Ted have not won yeah. any so far. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody has won two. So Christina got season points and then she got Dalvin Cook. So she's technically won two things, but everybody yeah. else has only won one thing. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Which. Loose change bets. Which was most? What was the most surprising hit of the players that hit, or were they all unsurprised? I, I'll say this: I am mildly surprised that there were no waiver wire or bench players that hit and thus earned no money. Mm-hmm. Usually, there's some random <laughs> four touchdowns, or uh, maybe not. But, yeah, I don't know. In this quarterback league, everybody's going to have 500 yard passers. Although there were very few of those. So I'll say the most interesting one would be Leonard Fournette. But okay. not that Tampa Bay can't score four or five or six, seven touchdowns in a game. Yeah. It's just that they have so many mouths to feed, you would expect them to be more distributed. Like, so maybe two here, maybe three there, but like four to one person is extraordinary. Yeah. What about you? I'd say Jamar Chase. Rookies, I feel like, don't usually come in and have a game quite like that. And he had a couple, uh, you know, 150 plus, I think, uh, yard games. I, I What was interesting to me is that it was pretty even. Like we had three touchdown hits and four, I mean, four touchdown hits if you count Corey and Pete, and then four yardage hits. So yep. pretty even. Uh, should we increase or decrease any of the yardages or touchdowns you know i kind of like it 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 didn't hit every week Mm -hmm. uh it included as we found pretty much everybody you know only i mean you had a good team and ted (laughs) had some good players at various points ted was close he had a couple of five touchdown games out of brady and mahomes you, I don't think you were, you know, Dak had four touchdowns, but four touchdowns isn't that great. Uh, Jefferson probably was pretty close to 200 yards. Jefferson was close a couple of times. Yeah. So I, I like the way it's set up. It, you know, everybody kind of has a chance. Badger sneaking in there with $12 at the, you know, second to last week. So I like the way it is. It's <coughs> just hard enough, but just easy enough to keep people interested. Um, thank you for that. Uh <laughs> So I'm dealing with a cold. No, oh, all right. Not COVID. Been tested. Not quite. COVID. Okay, so uh, we do not have Pete's special stat of the week this week, but I did have some other stats. Uh, we've been tracking these all year long. Kicker flex. Uh, my my bid to get kickers in the flex or the OP slot here. Here's how kickers have gone thus far. So all season long, uh, at least through 16 weeks. Teams are 55 and 57 when winning the kicker battle. So maybe you say 
it doesn't matter. Uh, stats would be hard to disagree with those people. Uh, of the kickers that scored 10-plus points in a single game, there were 32 total for the entire year, and only 12 of those were actually started. So more often than not, the best kickers were left on the bench. So also a hit to those uh, pro kicker crowd because it's very hard to get the kickers that are actually good. Uh, and then the teams that did end up starting those kickers, there were 12 of them. Uh, those teams went seven and five. So, ha- so even oh. having the good <laughs> kicker didn't provide the uh, advantage you might think it would. I, you know, so I, I have to go back to the drawing board. On basically, this. what you're telling me is we should get rid of kickers because <laughs> they don't really do anything. They don't add a whole lot other than this great talking point every week i get to give the kicker flex update wait you missed on one key point which i'm going to send back to you for next week it is when did it actually matter like if you had switched kickers the result would have changed okay oh yeah i did forget that one so i believe only two matchups were current were actually decided by the difference in the kicker points. Yeah, I, I don't know what you're saying is if you exactly. got a different kicker, would it have made a difference? I don't know the answer to that. But what I do know is only two matchups the entire year were within the point total of the kickers, and it was actually the kicker difference that was the difference in the matchup. Okay. Okay. Uh, something else I was tracking was the OP slot. This is year two of the OP slot. Uh, definitely year one and especially year two, there's been the sentiment that you have to start a quarterback in that slot or you're at a disadvantage, which uh, would be true most of the time, but 30.2% of the time or 58 times out of a possible 192 matchups, uh, teams should have started a non-quarterback based on current roster construction those teams did themselves a disservice by starting a non-quarterback. Now, a little bit of that has to do with the individual teams. Uh, myself, I was on this list a lot because I really only had one quarterback for a large portion of the year. Um, other teams later in the year put themselves in that sort of position with the selling. But there were a number. I mean, even if you take out those instances, you're probably still looking at 20 to 25% of the time. And no let, like no week had fewer than three teams that should have started something other than a quarterback. So, you know, if you're playing the percentages, which is what fantasy is, then 70% of the time it pays to have a, two quarterbacks in there. But it's not every time. I think it's what we can glean from that. Yeah. Uh, and then the last one I have, uh, the 30-30 club. I love these clubs. Uh, these are teams that had multiple people going off for 30 points in the same week. Uh, Christina did it three times. Laura did it three times. In fact, she's the only one to have two 40-point performances. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Uh, Danny did it twice. Barrett once. You did it once. And Pete did it once. I believe Laura's the only one to do it with a defense. I might have that wrong, but yeah. some, somebody did with a 30-point with a defense and a 30-point quarterback. Pretty impressive. Okay, that's all I got for staff this week. Uh, okay, so let's get into the week review. <laughs> We've waited stood enough time. Let's talk about the two semifinal matchups. 
Do we want to start with mine or should we start with the other one? Let's go ahead and start with yours. Tell us how it went. Um, not good. <laughs> well, it went okay. You just told us that you had the second highest score of the remaining playoff teams. Yeah. So it was. It, this was one of the first matchups which I felt was a true roller coaster, because I believe like. I wake up and I have family in town that I've just picked up. So I'm not really watching much football or anything like that. And like the first two things that buzz on my phone is like James Robinson has torn his Achilles. Saquon Barkley is injured. And like, it's like, okay, I can have backup. And then it's like, okay, Matt Jones, just do decent stuff. I need you to do decent stuff. Um, He did not. So, came out of the afternoon games, like, completely disheveled. Like, I'm like, I have no shot at catching Danny. I was projected to be, like, 120 to his, like, 146. Like, yeah, because he had finished everyone by the afternoon games, end of the afternoon games. I do, I will say... Two weeks in a row, I've chosen the correct defense out of three to start. The highest scoring defense I've chosen both times. So, <laughs> oh, very good. That for me. Um, and the Eagles defense did definitely help, scoring like 20 points. What then happened was Dak and Amari Cooper, that stat just came through for me in the first half. Mm-hmm. They kicked Washington's butt along with Dallas defense. And then I got worried. And I got worried about for the light thing where because of ESPN's projecting like, oh, they're going to score their normal points. So like they're each going to score 10 points more. So you'll get 20 more points. You're projected to be Danny by like 160 to 146. And they just like didn't do much in the third quarter. And then they got sat because they basically won the game in a half of football. So, roller coaster up, roller coaster down. But at the end of the game, I'm like still projected to win because I've got Alvin Kamala in my flex. And it, yeah, it didn't go well. Where Alvin Kamala did score seven points, but he didn't have a quarterback because of COVID. The COVID curse came and took away both starting quarterbacks. So, I lost. Again, there was regret where I picked up Ronald Jones. I will say, like, I don't know who I would have started. Would it have been Ronald Jones or Barkley over Mac Jones? But that was a decision that was leaning on my mind. Mm -hmm. And if I'd started Jones over Jones in my OP slot, I would have won. Yeah. It's probably the 50, one of the 50. Um, Danny, on the other hand, had solid performances. And one of the players who I think I dissed on in last week's podcast or in earlier week's podcast killed me. This, like, the reason he won was T. Higgins. Yeah. T. Higgins was projected for 10 points, like 11 points, and scored almost 40. So without T. Higgins he gets back to like a 128. Even if T Higgins scores 20 points, 
instead of 40. He's back to 128, which was his projection. And I win. Easy. Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts? Yeah, well, it was interesting. I know that uh, at one point Sunday morning, you guys were projected for the exact same. It was, it was a fun week. We had a Thursday game. We had two Saturday games. We had, right? Yeah, two Saturday yeah. games. We had sun, full slate Sunday or the rest of the slate Sunday and a Monday nighter. You guys had guys, I want to say, going every day. Does that sound right? Yeah, so I had, had Niners. No Niners Titans. Sorry, you didn't have any yeah. of that. Um, but certainly Saturday. So it was, you know, it was fun to follow the semifinals. Uh, I was, I was intrigued, you know, the quarterback in the OP slot, something that I, uh, probably bring up too much, but you went with the quarterback and he scored you 2.2 when maybe not should have, but could have started Ronald Jones would have given you the win. I mean, I'll go the other way for Danny. He went with the running back in the OP slot with Davis Mills on his bench. Uh, Davis Mills outscored him by almost 19 points. So could have been even worse. Well, it also could have been interesting had both of you gone with the correct start there. So Uh, it wouldn't have made a difference, but he was thinking of putting Heineke in. And we can ask him, confirm, but I was looking at his matchup and Heineke was in there on either Saturday or Friday. So wouldn't have mattered. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Dalton Schultz, he, if he'd lost this and it was close, he would have had regrets too because he left. Mills, he may not have started, but Dalton Schultz over got it. Right? Sure. Another one. Dalton Schultz, top five tight end. Yeah. <laughs> okay. On to the other side where this one was interesting. They were both projected to score like 150, 160 through the early like Sunday games. And then they just spluttered and died. Like, Clasinia still scores 131, but Corley literally fell off a cliff. Like, Hill doesn't get him points. Kittle doesn't get him. Kittle was on Thursday. Kittle went early and struggled. What was interesting about Corey's team is he had a bunch of guys going early. Christina had a bunch of guys going late. She, I don't know that she did anything in direct response, but she had information about what Corey's team was going to do as she was making some of her decisions. Um, I, you know, what's interesting for me is the guys that ended up making it into Christina's starting lineup. Laquan Treadwell, last minute pickup and throw into the wide receiver two slot. Uh, I think Mike Williams either came down with COVID or maybe it was an ankle. COVID. Uh, COVID, yeah. Uh, was ruled out kind of late in the week. I think we're expecting Mike Williams to be in there. And as we've determined, she's very light on receivers and has been all year. So she had to go to the waiver wire in a semifinal. Uh, Got 7.4 points out of your waiver wire pickup, which, to be completely honest, is about as good as you can expect. You know, do you get lucky with a touchdown and get a 15? Maybe. But you certainly don't want a two out of your waiver guy. Uh, Foster Moreau makes his way into the, into the tight end spot. I think we were curious which direction she was going to go there. Um, I, and, you know, back to the kickers. She had a negative point kicker, negative 0.5, but still. Uh, and she was able to prevail. So I'm interested to see if she will start a kicker in the final. I believe this is the second time she's had a negative point kicker this year. Maybe she's done with kickers. I don't know. You know, if the commissioner doesn't start a kicker, I think that's a telling indictment 
on the inclusion mm. of kickers moving forward. So, and so with that, we will have a new champion this year. Both, uh, both have not won before. So it will not be a repeat champion. Bell as the only repeat champion survives another year. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you would like to talk about this side before we bring them on? Uh, yeah, well, let's, let's go ahead and, and finish out the week. Let's go ahead and tease the loser bowl, which we will talk about at some point. I know you have turned a blind eye to us down in the lower half, but we are still people. So we'll start with Barrett and Eric. The loser of this game is going to be in the loser bowl this week. And Eric finds a way to not be in the loser bowl, wins 117 to 102. Barrett has a chance to go first to worst which would be unprecedented and i think we're all rooting for it yep and Uh, she did it you know scored a 102 in a losing effort that's not terrible uh it was third lowest score on the week but you know when you score 100 you gotta feel like got a chance to beat somebody unfortunately uh she faced 117 Uh, and then on the other side we had me versus ted i think a lot of people figured i would be in the loser bowl and guess what you guys can go pour sand down your faces because I won 108 to 76. I will not be in the loser bowl. It'll be Ted against Barrett. Preseason number one, TD Ameritrade's projected number one team, Ted, is now going to be in the final against last year's champion, the defending champion. Do you uh, think, like, Ted didn't know or didn't care that, like, James Connor was out? Well, I'll say this, and, you know, I'm only in two leagues, but in both leagues, James Conner was started. It appears as though, from what I can tell, he was questionable all week, and on Friday, it was released that he's probably going to play the next day. So, and this is a Christmas Day game, so a lot of people, uh, you know, they're probably busy with Christmas. Maybe they weren't paying attention. Maybe they were, had some dinner preparations. He was ruled out about an hour, hour and a half before the game. So there was precious little time. One would think that in a, you know, in, in the other league, it was a, a semifinal in the regular playoffs. This is Oof. loser bowl. You know, if you lose, you're in the loser bowl, which is not as important, but still important. One would think that if you have something to play for, you would check to make sure that all your guys are going to play and other things come up, certainly. Um, but yeah, it was interesting that he was started in, in both of my two leagues. So once I saw that, and I, to be honest, I didn't see it until after the game started. Had I seen it before the game started, probably wouldn't have said anything, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Felt okay. like I had a pretty good chance once I saw he started James Conner. So. Um, got another zero out of DeMonte Parker on Monday night. I, he was down 30 at that point, uh, so I wasn't too worried, but um, not a great performance from Ted's squad, certainly. Okay. Uh, th- let me just... Uh, quick little note in here um i got josh johnson off waivers on friday which i was amazed at because pete has been so good this is a, a backhanded compliment to pete maybe uh pete's been so good about picking up the next quarterback like as soon as somebody's named the starter or goes down with covid he's on top of it i know you got cam newton that one time you're also pretty good at it I was amazed that Josh Johnson still on waivers when I checked. You know, I think we opened presents and it was 11, 1130. I think we knew that Huntley and Jackson were each going to be out. 
like an hour or two later, uh, he's still available. And so I pick him up and a quick 21 points helped me on my it's, way to victory. It's more that the do you trust this third string quarterback to score you points? Maybe. Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, looking at the waiver wire this week, Mike Glennon, still available. Like, Sam, do you let Devontae Smith? still available, I believe. You left Devontae Smith on your bench, right? Uh, yes, I did. Yes. That could have been, like, I would have much rather started Devontae Smith. You're trying to keep my ego in check after I'm patting myself on the back for my Josh Johnson pickup. Yeah. Here. Oh, okay. It's like Ted had Tim Boyle on his bench. It's like, yeah. okay, great. Okay. Let's start uh, the How They Got Air with Danny Hat. Started his year 3-0 and and 5-1. and uh, Scored a lot of points. I think he was top point scorer at least until this point and, and late. I, yeah, she, he held his point lead pretty much all season, but it was based on the first six weeks, you know, 147, 178, 157, 163, like a lot of big numbers thrown up. And I know you and I talked about how it was definitely a good team. One of the best teams. I think even back then we had some questions about its long-term viability. Seemed mm-hmm. like he might've been getting some unsustainable performances, but you know, he lost Derrick Henry, and that probably had something to do with a back-to-back two-game losing streak. Uh, he was able to win the next four, but didn't score more than 122 points in any of those games. Um, so, you know, he comes into the playoff. Playoffs is the number two seed uh, and no longer the points champion. Uh, that went to Christina. But he did get 146-point performance last week to propel him into this final. So what do we, I, what do we think about? I don't Friday. think the 146 is sustainable. Okay. Given like all in all to T Higgins, it's like Jamar Chase wasn't even targeted in Joe Bowler's 500 yard game, and I don't know that much about the Baltimore secondary, but I thought they were like they didn't have a lockdown corner. Um. So I was a little bit surprised at that disparity between Higgins and uh, Jamal Chase. Yeah. That's where I'm going with, like, okay, you got into it, but I still think your prediction should be in that 125, 130 range instead of, like, 145, 150. Yeah. Um, Yeah. You know, I I think those first six weeks – really kind of propelled him into the position he's in, uh, you know, getting that first round by. But interesting that he, you know, didn't really make a move for a quarterback at the deadline. Um, ended up getting Eckler and McLaurin, I believe. Um, who he's not starting. Who, who he's not starting, so it's really for Eckler. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that he's been able to make it to the final, and Hertz has been good. Uh, no doubt about that, but you know, Melvin Gordon was his OP last week. You know, his options were Heineke and Mills. And I don't, we'll, we'll take a look at his team coming up, but it's certainly not two stud quarterbacks as, yeah. you know, league wisdom would ha- have you believe. So whereas Danny was pretty much set on the playoffs after week five or week six, Christina at week eight was looking iffy and a potential seller. 
at Flea and Five. Yeah. And somehow she, like, I'm just going, she had a tough loss week one to Badger where she scored 132 and lost by five points. She had a, she didn't really have any other tough losses. Um, so it was basically the record was speaking to what her team was. And somehow she's turned the team around and she went on a seven-game winning streak now. Yeah, hasn't but, lost since week eight when she was three and five. And the crazy thing is, other than um, I made the stat last time, but it was like one, two, three. Like, other than her cool week against you where she barely yeah. beat you by other two points. Other than getting cool by me. Uh-huh. She's basically been the high score every week. And this was for the last five weeks of the regular season. She, like, her team has also cooled down a little bit. But I see her as the favorite. Yeah, I, I think you would be hard-pressed to say anybody else. Um... Well, it's just Danny or her, boy. Do you see? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to your point, you know, she's in the last four weeks of the regular season, 176, 114, 164, 176. And then a 131 last week, which was good for third best score in, in the entire league, I think. Yeah. Um, so, you know, her team is relatively peaking at the right time. Uh, it was interesting those first eight weeks because when she won, she won big. You know, 137, 172, and 152 were her winning scores. She just paired that with losses while scoring 85, 99, 115. So it was very up and down. Um, I know that Corey came on this podcast right around week seven, week eight, proclaimed her to be the presumptive champion of the year. And I don't know if he believed in that version of the team at that time or whether he knew that she would have to make moves and would make moves, and she was only a piece or two away from becoming the juggernaut that she ended up turning into. Um, either way, she is very close to fulfilling that prediction, and my prediction I, before the playoffs started. I will was- say one other thing, which yeah. is devil's advocate a little bit. She is the favorite, but not by a lot. A data point for that, is the last two weeks, the playoff weeks, when it matters, they were, uh, Danny beat her last week in terms of scores, right? 146 to 131. Danny beat her the previous week when they were on buys as well, 132 to 100. So two, two out of two weeks, Danny's beaten her. Will he make it three out of three for the championship? <laughs> we shall see. Okay. Let's go ahead and bring in the guests. And now we're joined here with our gracious guests, Danny and Christina. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. So, uh, firstly, how is Christmas for you, Danny? Well, it was good. Uh, spent some time with family, ate a lot of good food, a little bit of alcohol was consumed. It was a good day. Nice. Alcohol in celebration of your victory? 
Um, sure, yeah, in celebration <laughs> of many things, but yeah, just in general. Okay. And yeah. how did you feel about your victory over me? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's always fun to beat you in the playoffs. So I believe I've done so twice now. Uh, I felt a little lucky though. Uh, you you had an injury with Robinson, and uh, that could have definitely changed things. So, you know, better luck, yeah. lucky than good, I guess. Yeah, you always want to be. Uh, you would rather be lucky than be good. And Christina, how was your Christmas? Oh, it's was fine. It un- we went to. Was it what? Uneventful. Uh, no. <laughs> we went down to San Diego to visit my parents, which was nice. Took the two dogs. Um, and then on our way home on Sunday, we got our flight was canceled uh, from our connecting flight from San. We very oddly, Southwest doesn't run a direct flight. So we had to connect in Phoenix from San Diego. And that flight was canceled. So we were stuck in Phoenix for two days with the dogs. Did you get so, hotels? We did. Yeah. We got a nice dog-friendly hotel and it, it was fine. You know, just not what we expected. So. Uh, well, tell us a little bit more about your Christmas vacation because you vacationed with your opponent in the semifinals. Uh, <laughs> you guys left the day before the 49er game, right? And then you came back mm-hmm. on Sunday. Who booked these flights? That's <laughs> The crowd wants to know who decided that you would fly on the Sunday of the semifinals. How many I know. did you actually watch? None. None on Sunday. <laughs> so not only were you not able to watch football, but you also had this nightmare flight cancellation stuck in Phoenix scenario go down. Correct. It uh, was... Um... A great Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was mildly better for you uh, because you won. Uh, but how was it for Corey? How was it traveling with him? <laughs> Knowing that he lost <laughs> and had the travel delays. It was, I have to be honest, and he's obviously going to hear this. Um, I was unable to enjoy my victory. Oh. oh. Yeah. That's what Corey Truth be told. Want. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, I found out, uh, we were sitting in the hotel bar and I, and I was, well, actually I found out when we landed in Phoenix, um, we, we found out that our flight was canceled to Seattle and that I won. And I just sat there really sad. (laughs) Just a real mix of emotions. It really was. really was. Um, and I was messaging Barrett and cause she congratulated me. I saw it when I landed and, and, um, and I was like, you know, just can't really enjoy this right now. So she said that she was going to have a drink in, uh, to celebrate for me. Um, so. Well, it sounds like you got one later at the hotel bar. Thank God. I did. I did. Yeah. Did you pay for Coley's drink? (laughs) <laughs> no but we were in phoenix and it's funny nobody wears masks in phoenix and so Corey's just up at the bar uh like it was 2019 with no mask on ordering us drinks so <laughs> but anyway did you happen to run into kyler murray uh, when you're in phoenix and congratulate him on getting you to the fan- fantasy final no, but I would have. I would have bought him a drink. Actually, no, I wouldn't have bought him a drink. He needs to stay 
you know, focused. <laughs> Contrarily, if you had seen Matt Prater, would you have kicked him in the nuts? <laughs> I actually have no idea what happened with any of the matchups anywhere else. Coincidentally, that would have been a better kick than he had all day on Sunday. Oh, that's right. That was awful. Yeah. He missed I'm not... a couple. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait. Okay. Oh, go on. Okay, so now you guys find yourself in the final. One more week. You've spent all season tinkering and ratcheting, and, and now you're here. What, what's the journey been like? Uh, we'll start with Danny. What, what's the journey been like for you this season? Strange. Um, Has your confidence level stayed high the entire season? Uh, well, no. As, as soon as uh, Derek Henry went down, I uh, I definitely didn't think I'd find myself in this position. Uh, even with the trade I made for Eckler and McLaurin, mm-hmm. uh, that didn't end up being uh, the best trade, the most helpful of trades. Um, McLaurin hasn't done a whole lot, and Eckler got covid so it's it's been interesting but mm-hmm. uh yeah i mean i i'm i was surprised honestly i was surprised i beat aj last week and i was surprised to uh find myself in the final so uh yeah it's been it's been a, a long strange trip as they say well take us back one week uh earlier but you mentioned the derrick henry injury that the last week that you had Derrick Henry healthy, is that the highest your confidence was? Like, it, it, was there any point in the season where you thought you were going to win the whole thing? Or you well, been yeah. kind of skeptical before, the whole time? Before he was injured, I, I thought I was set up pretty well. I had, uh, you know, the number one running back and the number one wideout. So things were looking pretty good before his injury, I would say. So, and then what happened? Like, basically, what was the key move, would you say, of your season? With, is it after the injury? Is it before the injury? Was it at draft day? Yeah, what was well, the I mean, that you would say was the key to you getting to this point? The obvious answer is, is uh, drafting Cooper Cup. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the funny or ironic thing is that I actually would have preferred to draft Woods his uh, teammate out there in Los Angeles, but uh, mm-hmm. somebody ponied up a little bit more dough than I had for Woods on draft day, so I ended up with Cup. And like I said earlier, better to be lucky than good because who could have foreseen uh, him having one of, if not the best wide receiver year ever? Yeah. Okay, Christina, tell us about the journey up to this point. What? How are you feeling early in the season, and and what do you think was maybe the turning point of your season? Oh, I have no idea. Um, I feel well going into this season. I felt good with my keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, I think I had a, a nice, I had a nice start there. Um, the turning point, I guess, would obviously probably be. Uh, the trade with Barrett. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, so, sorry, did let's, you... let's, let's go back. So, you're three and five. You've presumably lost Calvin Ridley for the year. Uh, he's out for God knows how long. How are you feeling at that point? Still feeling like my team is good enough? I mean, obviously, you ended up making moves, but was it a couple wins later that gave you the confidence to go for it? 
or were you still thinking at three and five, I've got enough firepower to make a run at this thing? So somebody, people started coming at me with trades, thinking that I was going to just tank at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And that- Christina, on this podcast, we name names. Yeah, no, I'm not going to. (laughs) I was definitely one of them. (laughs) Um, Not going to name names. He'll name his own name. There we go. That's fine. He was was absolutely one of them. And then someone else too, uh, right before him. Um, and then I was just like, it was late one, it was kind of in, late in the evening and I can't remember if I had been drinking. Um, <laughs> so you were drinking <laughs> possibly. Um, but I was like, no, I'm not going to tank. And, and so I, I, I started, yeah, I was, I decided I wasn't going to, if people were going to assume that I was going to just throw in the towel and start selling I, I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it out of principle. Was there so. ever a thought that maybe that's the move or were you going for it the whole time, every day, all season long? You mean, are you asking if, if at one point I thought tanking was the way to go or if I was... Was there any point where you thought... Uh, yeah, was there any point where you thought that selling your players for cash was better than to go buy players for cash? Yes, Okay. Of course, there was the for a brief moment, but I'm talking like seconds. There yeah. was the thought. So, when you were three and five, and I think by the trade deadline, you were like, what was it? Probably seven and five? And five at that point. Six yeah, and I, five, seven and five. So, you were definitely one of the buyers by the time the trade, trade deadline came about. But at Correct. like three and five, were you thinking that you were unlucky? And you had a good team? Or were you thinking that you had to make major moves? No, I thought I was unlucky with a good team. Yes. So I had to figure out I had to switch my luck around. So. Can you tell the rest of us how you did that? (laughs) How I made that trade? (laughs) No, change your luck. How I changed my luck? (laughs) No, I just decided. I just, I don't know. It's just put my head down and just keep figure, just keep every day going just figuring it out so but half of fantasy is luck it's, i've always thought that yeah for sure so and i mean if you look at the six finalists like the six teams in the playoffs they are all they are not especially this year they are not like straight lines of like this team is the top team and is scoring in like the top two or three scores of like both weeks of the playoffs. It's going up and down. Like Corey scored 151 and now he scored like 115. Uh, Andrew's going in a little bit of a nosedive. Like you've scored 100, then you scored 130. Like who knows what you'll score next week. So definitely agree like Get yourself into the playoffs, and then it's all luck, as my co-host would say. That's right. Okay, uh, let me do one more kind of related question for each of you. What was your favorite move of the year? Not necessarily turning point or best move. I mean, you know, uh, to Danny's point, Cooper Cup was the biggest move, but admittedly, he would have rather had Robert Woods. So what was your favorite move? That, for your team. Yeah, for, for your team. It just, maybe it made you the most proud. Maybe it was the most savvy. 
favorite move. Danny, go first. Oh, all right. Favorite move. Let me see here. Um, I don't know. Probably getting, uh, I mean, even though, admittedly, even though after I reacquired him, I tried to sell him again, but uh, probably getting uh, Higgins back from Eric since I gave him to him last year and he was a, a decent keeper option and is again looking like a decent keeper option. So I'll say that Higgins has, you know, been good for me the last few weeks and hopefully this week as well. Yeah. Uh, Christina. Uh, Picking up Elijah Mitchell. All right. Yeah. Now, I don't know if we fully discussed that. Tell us about that. Me? Yeah. So it's week one. We got Raheem Mostert on the depth chart. We got Trey Sermon on the depth chart. And uh, and I think Trey Sermon was ruled inactive. And you go and get the backup with Mostert <laughs> already being active. What, what was – were you just picking up the backup just in case he gets the starting job? Or did you know a little something about Elijah Mitchell? What Tell us about that move a little bit. I can't tell my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christina, this is like the third time I'm going to say you've picked a running back out of thin air and it's been like wait what okay so you did i definitely know you did this with camara a couple of years back uh-huh you've done it with elijah mitchell and i believe there was one other running back but i can't cannot remember like now i i i don't i can't tell my secret you don't have to th- do you have a so- do you have like a source that yes has been giving you okay so, so you have us, or is it is it internet? Is it a person? It's uh, uh, it's not the it's the television. Okay, okay. The t- you have I mean, a guy. You, you have a guy for both of them. Do you have like a uh, running back guru? Yes, there's a okay. guru out there. So there's and a guru. Just, so you got a guru, and he's yeah. he's putting you onto these players. All right. Yeah. Wait, is it the same source or guru that uh, told you to pick up Herbert? Uh, no, I That's just picked true. him up probably b- because I'm a Charger fan. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, that was just, that was dumb. Look, you, people kept dropping him. Ooh. He was like a little hot potato. Question. Oh. Are you going to yes. get a Herbert jersey? So, no, I was, no. I was what if he wins you? Yeah. Well, no, I was looking at t-shirts. I don't want another, jer- I don't do jerseys. Oh. That's just not my style. But I was looking at t-shirt, truth be told. Anymore. But I don't. You don't do jerseys anymore. I just don't really like them. I mean, uh-uh. Corey Corey got me one for Christmas of Philip Rivers, but I never mm-hmm. wear it. It's just not, you know. So maybe pajamas. Maybe I'll get some. some Herbert Herbert. Oh, pajamas. <laughs> if they okay. make it. There we go. <laughs> so moving on to this week's matchup. Yeah. Firstly, Danny, uh, what are your thoughts? I, are there still moves that you're thinking of making? You don't need to tell us like what moves, just a yes or no. And how, how confident are you in the current lineup? Okay, I think I heard three questions there. Uh, <laughs> I'm always looking to make moves. You guys know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't know, you know, Christina's being all stingy with her starting lineup and can't really look at the full projections, so I don't know yeah. exactly what they are. But uh, I think I'm the underdog. I think I need uh, 
like I was saying in the WhatsApp chats, I, I need some some cooler uh, help from Boyd. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you, like I, we like you said, we we never know. We'll see what happens. But, I uh, you know I've I've never attempted to use my powers for somebody else's matchup, but uh, maybe this is the week. I'll I'll see what I can conjure up. Oh yeah, I appreciate it. <laughs> okay, so looking to make moves. So I'm looking at your lineup right now. You've got your stud, Cordero Patterson, one of one of your studs, on the bench right now. Uh, is that a consideration to get him in? Maybe Melvin Gordon, maybe Davis Mills. Are you still possibly going to put him in, or is he going against Buffalo? He's probably going to ride the bench this week. Yeah, Patterson's got a tough matchup, and he hasn't been uh, doing great the last couple of weeks. And I've got some other options in there. I kind of like Davis Mills against the 49ers' poorest secondary, so uh, that might end up sticking. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm still tinkering, still thinking about it. But uh, I yeah, will Patterson say, ride the bench. Denny, uh, my, our stats guys just came back to me, and you are the favorite as it stands right now in terms of ESPN projection. I'm not buying it. so we'll get okay we'll get to Christina's team and we'll tell you why Christina same questions for you well I haven't decided so it's not intentional (laughs) with my lineup I just haven't made final decisions yeah we should mention uh, just for the listeners who can't uh, see the screens we're looking at Christina has not actually filled out an entire starting lineup right now. RB two slot empty, even though she's got Najee in the flex and uh, tight end spot currently empty. So sounds like you've at least got decisions to make at those spots. Yeah, I think Najee's just in the flex from last week. Honestly, he probably mm-hmm. should be RB two, but he's just in because of last week. Okay. Um, COVID has kind of. Uh, hurt my team this week uh so um i'm i don't really know and i yeah i don't really know yet i haven't felt my team this week i think it's just because we got home wednesday morning and i just haven't really sat down i spent the day shoveling snow um isn't that what Corey's for uh no he never shovels snow it's always me (laughs) that's okay i like it do your dogs like chasing the snow as you shovel it they have to stay inside. Oh. They're little shitheads. Yeah, okay. they have to stay inside. <laughs> they they might get buried by this. I I just they... I'll mention that because Comet loves biting the snow as I shovel it. Um, she's a little bit bigger than your dogs. They they may get <laughs> buried in and uh, packed down. Yeah, they start. They doing might. That. Yeah. Okay. Well, would it be safe to assume that whoever the Niners starting running back is is probably going to be in there? Yes. Or is that even okay? Okay, and I believe that gives you another, is it 14 points? Something like that? Probably. Probably call it something like that. Um, And then do you think probably the Raiders tight end, whichever one plays, would be your tight end? Or might there be a waiver move coming later in the week? We'll have to see. Okay. So Wall has been placed on IR. (laughs) So it's going to be only one way this one. Oh, he's on IR. Oh, okay. Yeah. So probably not Darren Wall. Sounds like. Is that oh, new? No, he's on the COVID list. No, I, I'm showing, 
I'm no, sure he's on IR. Oh, he is? <laughs> cool. Breaking news, Darren Waller is on IR. Okay. Okay, uh, I'd like to turn it around. Danny, who was the one player on Christina's team that you were most worried about going off against you? Sorry, I'm still looking into this Darren Waller news. I do not see him <laughs> on the IR. I think AJ's wrong. It is possible that we're going to have a breaking news alert in a couple minutes that Darren Waller <laughs> not on IR. That was previously discussed. Anyway, I'm sorry. What was the question? Okay, so who is the one player on Christina's team that you were most worried about facing? Most worried about going off against you? Uh, probably freaking Kyler Murray, just because he always uh, plays so well against my 49ers that I have grown to uh, dislike him. Oh, well, good news. He's going against Dallas, so you don't have to worry about that aspect. Yeah, he, you know, he's got the, the obviously the, the running quarterback thing going, so he's probably the the scariest asides from, you know, the obvious Devontae Adams and Dalvin Cook. Yeah, yeah. Um, hard, hard to pick just one, isn't it? It is. So, he's, he's loaded. Who's going to win it for you? Who's going to be the player that, like, you're hoping scores you a bunch of points to win you the matchup? Oh, I'm, oh speaking of running quarterbacks, I'm going to need Jalen to have a really good game to have any chance at winning, so... uh I'd say him. Okay. All right. Not T. Higgins? Well, I mean, you know, it would be nice if he duplicated what he did last week, but that's not going to happen, so. Okay. All right, Christina, who's the one player on Danny's team you're most worried about going off against you? Any one of them. I would say, well, the most painful would it, would be Eckler, just because mm-hmm. – not cheering the, yeah, not cheering against them. It kind of hurts my insides uh-huh. a little. Side um, note: it, Do you think there's a little bit of a uh, reverse stack effect going on? You've got Herbert; he's got Eckler. You know, Herbert likes to pass to Eckler, so every every time Herbert passes to Eckler, you're actually losing points because the reception and yards is worth more than the passing yards. You worry about absolutely. that at all? Okay. Absolutely, yeah. So then I have to cheer for Herbert not to do anything. And that, mm. again, hurts my insides. Yeah. So it's just, it's hard. So that's probably, but that's, you know. Okay. And then who is the one player on your, who's the X factor on your team that you're looking to, to give you that championship level performance? Kyler. There we go. Kyler yeah. Murray, key to the matchup. Yeah. Either that or my kicker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Follow-up question. Are you going to start a kicker this week? You've had multiple <laughs> negative point performances out of your kicker slot, one of which probably kept you from getting most points in a single week. I, it was so painful. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I will start a kicker. No, but okay. I will... I will do so and hold my nose. Mm-hmm. Okay. Will it be Matt Crater so, or will you kick him in the nuts? Figuratively speaking. <laughs> I, I don't know, man. This is painful. I, I feel like if I, if I don't, you don't start him. A... Oh no, this I don't care. I feel like if I, I feel like if I don't, I feel like I need to give him a chance to redeem himself. Okay. You know. So. Bounce back performance. Yeah. 
there. So if you start Schrader kicker, would you be rooting more for Kyler Murray touchdowns and then only getting half a point on extra points or more for long field goals from Prater? You know, I'm just looking for positive points from him. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, well, thank you so much for joining us. Good luck to both of you. Uh, Boyd has predicted Christine to win it all from the playoffs, from the start of the playoffs. I had predicted Christine to make it here. Um, we will give our predictions at the end of the show. Uh, thanks for joining. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. Okay, so interject uh, real quick with a waiver recap for this week. It does have a little bit of bearing. Uh, a little bit of bearing on the championship preview. Uh, Christina did get Bears D and Rex Burkhead, a uh, possible flex option for uh, Danny gets KJ Osborne. Uh, as they both mentioned, maybe some moves to come later in the week. Uh, but there was a little bit more shuffling, uh, probably more interesting in the loser bowl, which is Ted versus Barrett. Ted ends up getting himself Boston Scott for 30 bucks. Possibly going to see him in this matchup. And uh, Barrett gets Taylor Heineke freshly cut from Danny's team. Maybe Heineke finds himself in the starting lineup later in the week. Uh, a lot of action in this last week of waivers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think KJ Osborne is the, not just because it's Danny in the championship picking up, is the sneaky pickup. Like if Thielen's out, defense will focus on Jefferson. KJ Osborne is going to go off. So, yeah. Sneaky pickup, um, and I believe Christina may need some wide receiver help, so maybe yeah. playing some defense as well. Yeah. Uh, also interesting, uh, Pete was especially active this week. Uh, interesting because Pete has really nothing to play for other than possibly getting uh, best week of the year or hitting one of those uh, loose change bets, but he went 27 on Boston Scott, 18 on Justin Tucker, 18 on Dare Ogunbowale, who he also placed a $9 bid on. What, what do you think is going on here with Pete? Is he, are these the moves to get him best week of the entire season, or is he just can't, can't just, give up the fantasy? I think he just can't give up the fantasy. He's He has said multiple times that this league has moved into his number one league in just one year. He plays in, I think, three or four other, uh, three other leagues. Let's say, and we've come, we've gone straight into his heart, his number one week. So, what are the chances he tries to make moves next week after the season is officially over? Definitely, definitely going to happen. <laughs> I bet you, as soon as the I don't know if there's a Monday night game this week, but as soon as the last game this week goes off, he's going to be sending off trade requests because tra- uh, like trades are open. As soon as the championship is decided. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's get to the main event, the Loser Bowl preview. How excited are you for this? We're just picking who's going to win one. <laughs> all right. So well, we we've already picked. Yeah. You, I, is this the one that you uh, predicted specifically? Or no, you said it was Barrett against me in the final, didn't you? That was close. Okay. I believe I said it would be Badger against Barrett with Badger losing it all. Uh, and she went ahead and won week one of the playoffs to shoot that in the foot. So you're, you're losing, you're 
ultimate loser is still available. You could go one and one with your picks for the winner slash loser. I could also go one and one. By the way, uh, okay. Ted currently projected to win 104 to 93. No, no. Did you not predict Andrew to win at all? Or did you just predict Andrew to go to the championship? No, I predicted Andrew to go to the championship okay. and lose to Christina. Yeah. Okay. okay, so Ted projected to win 104 to 93. As predicted, Boston Scott finds himself in the RB2 slot, fresh off the waiver wire. Mm-hmm. Uh, Barrett's new quarterback, Taylor Heineke, has not found himself in the OP slot yet, but there's still hope for that. Currently, it's Devontae Booker there. Uh, what do we think here? You still like Barrett to lose it all? Yeah. What would be more satisfying, Barrett going from first to worst or Ted going from TD Ameritrade preseason number one team to dead last? So he went to dead last because he sold a lot of his pieces. Well, a couple of his pieces off. And Mm -hmm. so that's what it's not that satisfying because he got like some money the next year. Uh, That's why I'll have to go with Barrett. Well, I mean, Barrett also sold Najee and Devante for, I believe, $30. Oh, yeah, but it's still the winner last year, loser this year. Yeah, okay. Right. Versus like money, money gain, selling, that's kind of a wash. And so the, the storyline to pay attention here is Barrett first to worst. Yeah, it's, it's basically what I was getting at is TD Ameritrade predicted Ted to be number one. If he hadn't sold his team completely, maybe he'd finish like seventh or eighth. Mm-hmm. But. So it's not really, oh, the projections are completely off. Whereas Bella is a complete fall from grace. Okay. couple of questions here. One, do you think that being the ultimate loser really means a whole lot? Right? So this year's penalty is that you have to pay the league fees, which is, you know, it's not embarrassing. It's just, you know, you have league to pay administrative fees. The, the league administrative fees. Yeah. Uh, is, you know, should one of these two teams be the last place team, which it will be one of the two, do you think they're going to be holding their head in shame? Are they going to come into next season? You know, are we going to be able to make fun of them enough for it to really hurt? Or is it really kind of a moot point? Yes, we will make fun of them enough. Like we made fun of, we've made fun of losers before. Mm-hmm. And we, we are a positive league though. I like to think. So we, Focus more on the winners rather than the losers. Mm -hmm. So it balances out. I don't believe we are going to get a better loser bowl players to be agreed upon by everyone to act and for the losers to actually closely with it. Do you think think the reason we haven't come up with something more embarrassing is that everybody is scared they're going to be the loser? Oh, yeah. Maybe there is fear of becoming the loser and having to actually do something. Yeah. Okay. Of course there's fear. Uh, perhaps the most important question, though, I probably should have started with this. Do we think that the loser will return next season? I, well, if it's Barrett, like I've predicted, yes. Okay. What do you say about Danny? You, you, Ted. You think there's a chance Ted. Ted leaves if he ends up losing? I don't know. Okay. That's why I'm asking you. I think at the end of the day, both of them will return. Um, I mean, Barrett's the two-time champion. She at least should have a chance to, you know, rebut her dead last finish should it come to pass that way. And I think Ted likes this league enough that he'll definitely be back next year no matter what. Okay. Cool. Let's move on to the wheel. 
Main event. Look, well, hold on. So do you still think Barrett is going to be the ultimate loser? Yes. I've said this multiple times. I don't know how many times you want me to say it. Okay. I will agree with you. Barrett it is. <laughs> Sorry, Barrett. Okay. Main event predictions. Uh, you picked yourself, so you have a free opportunity uh, that you did not give me last week in the Danny versus you matchup. Would you like to pick one of these two, or are you exempt from picking because your pick has already lost? This is like March Madness. I have officially lost. I will have... I would have picked Christine. Like, if I had the choice... I would have picked Christina. Yeah. To repick. Uh, if you had to redo your choice, who would you pick? Uh, well, you're saying given the opportunity, would you like to change? Yeah. And I will say no. I will stick with Christina, partially because I really don't want the trophy to leave the state. I'm, you know, <laughs> we're we're six Seattleites. We're six out-of-towners. I mean, shit, if this thing went to Nashville, we'd never see it again. Luckily, there's at least a couple different people in the Bay. It could change hands between. But I really don't want it to leave the state. I'm worried that we'd never see the trophy again. Uh, I, You know, maybe we say, if Danny wins it, that he's got to come up to Seattle to get the trophy. Maybe we can at least get a Danny appearance. I'm sure there are some of us that have never... Uh, seen Danny's face. I don't know whether yeah. his video has been on the last couple drafts. Uh, I know that he came to Andrew's wedding and a few of us saw him then, but there are people that don't know what Danny even looks like. So, Danny, if you win, I'm officially saying it. You have to come to Seattle to get the trophy. So, I believe like this should be a league by law, which is you need to pick up and return the trophy from the commissioner. Yeah. If you win every year. I like it. I like it. All right. That way it is on you. Like, you want the trophy? Come to Seattle or pay for shipping. Or Bainbridge. Yeah, you got to go to Bainbridge to get it. We'll, we'll stick with Seattle. Yeah, okay. Let's not go over our heads here. Well, I mean, whoever... What, okay, so the commissioner takes care of the engraving every time? Is that... It, yeah, and that's yeah, okay. why. Okay. Uh, but no, I will be... I will be sticking with my Christina pick. I do not believe uh, she sticks with Laquan Treadwell. Um, I think Mike Williams okay. or somebody else comes back. But do we want to break it down starts, position by position? Oh, are we going position by position? Oh, sorry. Well, we already went went to the predictions, so I yeah, I know. That was I know. Up. Okay, look, go on, go on with your look on. Okay. Um, let's let's just let's run down the starting lineups. Let's go kind of quickly. We kind of know the teams by now. Quarterbacks, we've got Herbert and Kyler. For Christina, we've got Hertz, and we'll say Davis Mills for Danny. Huge advantage right. to Christina. Huge advantage to Christina. Uh, running backs, we've got Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, and the San Francisco starter, whether it be Elijah Mitchell or Jeff Wilson Jr. for Christina. And then over on Danny's side, we got David Montgomery, Austin Eckler, and Melvin Gordon finds his way into the starting lineup over Cordero Patterson, number nine running back on here. You would say you should advantage Christina, but I'll say Sneaky plays with Montgomery against Giants. Yeah. I would say on paper, small advantage to Christina. I do kind of like Danny's running backs this week. Yeah. Uh, They are projected for big points. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Receivers, Devontae Adams and Laquan Treadwell 
I, although I think that ends up being Mike Williams by the end of the week. And then for Danny, Cooper Cup, T. Higgins. So Adams and Cup are a wash. Higgins versus Williams, I would say, is a wash again. Because <laughs> you don't know. I, I, either one. I am going to say T. Higgins, significant advantage. Maybe not a huge advantage, but even if he doesn't score 39... The past four games before that, he had a three, which is definitely on the table, but 15, 26, 22. I don't think Mike Williams uh, has that kind of game log over the last 10 weeks. So I'm going to say advantage Dan here. Tight ends, we have Gerdit still in the lineup for Danny. Mm-hmm. Even Dalton though he's got Schultz. the number four tight end, Dalton Schultz uh, went from the number five to number four just during the course of this podcast. He's now the number four tight end. And presumably uh, Foster Moreau, since uh, you have broke the news that Darren Waller has been on IR. He's on COVID IR. COVID IR. He's officially breaking news off of of the IR. No, COVID IR is IR still. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, Okay, so let's call it Foster Moreau. You know, even if Waller plays, I think I'm going to go with Danny's tight end in this one, whichever one it is. And then defense kicker, unlike myself, who's had three primo defenses to start this week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Colts versus Las Vegas. Bears versus Giants. I like a little better. Yeah. I mean, the Colts are the number four defense in all of football. And it doesn't really matter. who They they played Arizona last week. Uh, They only got three points. That's not great. Mm. But they got 14 against New England. They got 10 against Buffalo, 10 against San Francisco, who was an okay offense, uh, 11 against the Rams. Like, they have performed against good offenses. Mm-hmm. Okay, all said and done, who are you going for? As I said, as we both said, we'll both pick <laughs> Christina. Um, yeah, I think she yeah, takes it back. Uh, keeps the trophy in Seattle-ish. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all we can say is good luck to both of you. Hopefully it is a fun and exciting matchup. Yes. Okay. One last week for everybody, uh, for most everybody, uh, you know, eight out of 12 teams. All you're playing for is maybe hit a loose change bet, maybe get best week of the year. Those are still on the table. Uh, over in the Pick'em League, do a quick Pick'em update. Uh, I believe Corey back in the lead. Corey, last time we did the update, Corey had taken the lead again. And now it seems like uh, I am uh, solidly in second, about four or five picks behind him. And Pete is now solidly in third, about four or five picks behind me. So it looks like Corey's definitely in the money. I'm probably in the money. Yeah, two and... more weeks. Uh, we'd have to get a catastrophe from you two to not make money. Yeah. Uh, and then we have a final in the Sleeper League, a.k.a. the Best Ball League. Your buddy Josh, is it? Yeah. Martin won the whole thing. Yep. And, uh, and then I believe Justin won the points title. Yeah, that is correct. And those are the two people that cash, right? It was it was playoff yeah. winner and regular season winner. Okay. And 
I think this will be the last year of our best ball league. People yeah. did not like it. I loved experimenting <laughs> on Sleeper with it. But people were not all that influenced. Next year, we're doing either a Vampire League or Full Dynasty, right? That, that's going to be our side league. Oh, we could do a Vampire side league. I, like I Vampire League. I am happy to commission that okay. on Sleeper. That will be interesting. We may only do like Eight person, so it'd only be like an eight league or nine week league week. Nine week league. That seems less fun. Okay. I, do you think we'll get ten people interested in the vampire league? Sure. People, okay. Vampires are hot still. I know that Twilight uh, and True Blood had their peak, you know, five ten years ago, but people still love vampires. And if you say this is the best of vampires and the best of fantasy football, then that's how we get them. Oh, are we doing vampire or guillotine? Uh, vampire. And you want to be the vampire, right? I, I'm willing to not be the vampire. I, I'm just okay. willing to have the vampire out there in the world. Okay. Yeah, vampire leagues go all year. You're thinking guillotine. Oh, yeah. And guillotine. Not, not a guillotine. Okay. Okay, we've rambled on long enough as to usual. Yeah, thank you so much for sticking with us for the entire length of this podcast. And uh, tune in next week to find out who won. Bye for now.